Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and I'll be your host on this journey through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 110 of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I truly appreciate you listening in, and if you like what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on Google or Apple Podcasts, and thank you for your support. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. This week's network shout-out goes to Emily Missed Out, the podcast where Emily and Brienne take in pop culture-filled movie classics that Emily has never seen, but probably should have. Here they are to tell you about it. Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Brienne, and together we make Emily Missed Out, a podcast where Emily and I dig into the long list of films that Emily hasn't seen. It's a very long list. Totally long list. And help her catch up on all of the pop-culturally relevant lines, characters, scenes, and tropes that she may have missed out on. We're also a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. You can find us online at albertapodcastnetwork.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Join us for my pop culture education. Yeah! Please visit www.albertapodcastnetwork.com for links to Emily Missed Out and all the other great shows on the network. I mentioned a couple of weeks back that I was starting to research ingredients indigenous to Alberta in the hope of coming up with a truly Alberta barbecue flavor of some sort. That search led me to this week's guest. Her company, Alberta Food Tours, invites their guests to eat, engage, and explore Alberta's rich food tapestry with them. I really enjoyed visiting with Karen Anderson about her background, Alberta Food Tours, and Alberta's food story. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the podcast here at uh, Fultonella in Kensington, and I'm joined by Karen Anderson with Alberta Food Tours. Uh, Karen, welcome to the, the Eat More Barbecue podcast. How are you today? I'm great, and I just can't stop thinking about barbecue now. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Uh, before we get into what uh, Alberta Food Tours is all about, uh, a little bit about yourself, uh, some background info. Oh, well, I will. I was born in the Maritimes and uh, into a foodie family. My one grandfather had a fish market, my other grandfather was a market gardener, and you know, we had three generations of great cooks, so I grew up cooking. Yeah. I was nurse for 21 years, wow. I have a master's degree in adult health nursing, and uh, was a nurse practitioner. But I left that all behind because I found that uh, everybody was coming to me sick. And it was usually food that was making them sick. So I wanted to get out in front of that. And so I left nursing. I started volunteering to promote local farms and farmers. And uh, food grown in healthy soil creates healthy uh, plants and healthy people. That's my philosophy. So uh, after a few years of writing about food and meeting so many great chefs and farmers, uh, volunteering for Slow Food International, I saw that there were clusters of businesses uh, together. So I thought, wouldn't it be great to actually introduce people to these owners and chefs and farmers? So I did farm tours, neighborhood tours, started in 2006, and uh, just me. And then last year, 2019, was a bumper year for us. We had... We're now in Edmonton, Calgary, Banff, and Calgary, and we had uh, 20 guides last year, serviced over 3,000 guests, and uh, really had a smashing year until we're set up for an even better year until COVID happened. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so that's my passion. I 
I've also had a chance to write a few uh, cookbooks. Um, I have an Indian cooking mentor who, who just passed away, but she and I wrote a beautiful book called The Spicy Touch, um, Family Favorites from Nirvana Nimji's Kitchen. And uh, she just passed uh, in July, and uh, or actually it was June 10th. And uh, But I will carry on. Her son is my business partner now. And, yeah, and uh, I wrote a book that came out two years ago called Food Artisans of Alberta, okay. about 200 uh, wonderful uh, yes. producers around the province. So we have that. I didn't know it was <laughs> oh, That's even better. <laughs> so that's my passion, and I drove over 10,000 kilometers uh, to write that book. And, and But it, it really is full circle for me. So great to see. Uh, our food artisans get more support and I see it's one of the perks of COVID is that people are even more interested yes. in who's growing what locally yeah. so a lot of my farmer friends are having a great year yeah. of support yeah we were down last uh, two summers ago at Mitchell Brothers oh they're lovely down at uh, Eddie and Phil and yeah. their boys yeah we they're down there and picked up a good source of from them <laughs> oh how yeah. fabulous yeah. And they're a great source of uh, grass-finished beef yes, for you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Yeah, it is, yeah. And just super people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 they really... Get to know them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what brought you out to Alberta? Uh, back when I was a nurse, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had gone to Dalhousie University in Halifax yeah. and came out to ski and was really impressed. Yeah. And came back and told my father I'd only be here a year. <laughs> but I, I was very fortunate to meet a, a wonderful uh, person, yeah. uh, my husband, that I now 31 years we've been married. So that's it. <laughs> so, and I fell in love with Alberta. The, you know, there's a lot to do here. And typically, Alberta's always been very prosperous. Typically. Lately. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And a couple of the other, uh, I guess the cookbook, I'm curious the process in uh, getting a cookbook put together <laughs> and published and all of that. But yeah, so. I've, I've written two books now, and one was self-published and one was published. So with A Spicy Touch, my mentor uh, was an East Indian woman born in uh, Africa, uh, Ismaili Muslim. So, you know, she had to leave East Africa in the 1970s because Idi Amin was expelling all non-Africans even though she was born there. So they came to uh, Canada, 40,000 Ismaili Muslims from East Africa came to Canada in the 1970s. She ended up in Calgary. She was a fabulous cook and so she was asked by people in her community to teach cooking lessons. She did that for about a decade and then she had this huge pile of typewritten uh, recipes. Her son used to type them up for her, and uh, she took them to a printer and uh, found out how much it would cost to produce a little spiral bound, you know, like the Best of Bridge, and they didn't have enough money, but she invited the printer home for dinner just to, to thank her, and the woman came and sat and ate her food and said, I'm going to finance this. Okay. You, you know, I'll finance the first print run. You know, you'll make a profit. You pay me back as you can. And then she went on. She did three different volumes uh, and sold over a quarter million books on her own. So then when I met her, I took a cooking lesson from her in the 1990s. And then later when I was doing some journalism work for CBC Radio, I 
uh, wrote a story about her. And uh, we got together again just as she wanted to write a fourth book. And uh, she was looking for somebody to recipe test and do computer work. And I was like, could I do that? (laughs) So that was a nine-year process because her other books kept selling. Um, We would do recipe testing. She wasn't in a hurry to do it. And, uh, And then we taught Indian cooking classes together. It'd be a day-long affair. Like, we would take people for a buffet, shopping. We'd come okay. back and make everybody their own spice box. Oh, nice. uh, in Indian cooking, you need a masala daba, which means spice mixture box. Okay. Because you might use 10 spices in one dish, so it's nice to have one box that has them. Okay. So we would do that for everyone, teach them samosa wrapping. Those were long days, but she loved it. I loved it. In 2013, there was a flood. Yes. It ruined all the books in her basement. She said, okay, let's do this. So I want I wanted it to be a legacy piece. So we created a 320-page full-color sewn uh, binding so that it would lay flat when you opened it, hardcover. And, uh, yeah, and we used the same printer she'd always used. But the difference was I found a distributor that would then put it nationally, get it into all the chapters in Indigo, so, and then I was the production editor, hiring designers, and uh, a friend of mine who's an art photographer uh, did all the food photography. There, there was a week, you know, after the man, manuscript was in good shape and we knew which recipes were going to be in, um, there was a week we cooked 60 recipes and photographed them in one week. There was three of us doing all that cooking and, and just designing, you know, the style style. Food styling is such an important part of, of uh, any cookbook now and the food photography. So just, you know, writing it all out, what dishes we're going to have, what plates. And so that was really rewarding. And uh, it went on to win a Taste Canada Award and an Independent Publishers Award. And then after five years, we, uh, we sold out all the books that we had printed, 5,000 books. Um, I was able to sell the rights to a publisher. So now it's really nice that Nirbanu uh, passed away, but her book is living on, and uh, the publisher will make sure it lives on for some time to come. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's it's really fulfilling to write a cookbook. Um, I can't say it's always profitable, but it's very fulfilling to see those things. Um, will live on and, and capturing a culture's recipes, right? Yeah. And you've done some traveling to India? I've taken eight different culinary groups to India uh, for two to three week trips. And I've been a couple other times myself, so I think 10 times to India now. <laughs> so I think I've probably spent mm, over an eight or nine year period, I've probably spent seven or eight months there. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've learned a lot from the chefs there. I'm currently working on another Indian cookbook. Um, there's a blog called Faces, Places, and Plates.com. So that's all the South Indian chefs that I've met and sharing their recipes and where they live and the story of their lives. And uh, it's really different. You know, in Calgary, we see a lot. And in Alberta, we see a lot of Northern Indian um, food. It's really Mogali or Muslim influence, um, cream and butter and, and tandoori. Um, 
so South Indian is more tropical. It's coconut milk and uh, maybe a few more chilies here and there. (laughs) And uh, different, you know, less basmati, more short green rice. So, yeah, but beautiful and more vegetarian too. Yeah. I wouldn't have known about the different uh, yeah. the regional. It, it's such a big country. Sure. Every region uh, has a different spin. Yeah, makes sense. You go to Kolkata, they put sugar in everything. Okay. <laughs> and mustard. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Alberta food tours. How did that kind of come to be? Yeah, it, I mean, it started really slowly. Uh, just uh, as Calgary food tours and and just wanting to connect people with the business owners and um, and then I had friends I would go to writing conferences food and wine writing conferences I met a lot of people I had journalism and chef friends in Edmonton and uh, they kept saying to me why don't you expand we'd like to work for you and I made them promise on a stack of Bibles. <laughs> and uh, so we, I did a fundraiser with ATB okay. in 2016 and uh, raised $22,000. And that helped with the expansion, training people, rebranding. And uh, so those two women that promised me that they would uh, work for me still work for me. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, when I was writing uh, Food Artisans of Alberta, uh, I traveled around, I met a lot of chefs, and I had the opportunity to meet the executive chef at the Banff Springs Hotel. And they had such an amazing story. People don't realize that there's, in the summer, 14 kitchens, there's 150 chefs, uh, 30 or 40 apprentices when they have full-on apprenticeships. And every, I think 95% of the food is made from scratch. The rest might be some cheeses that they bring in. Uh, I toured all the kitchens and I said, nobody knows this. Plus, there's such great history here. Wouldn't it be fun to do a food tour? This episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast is brought to you in part by Park Power. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your energy from. Park Power has low overhead and chances are you'll save money if you switch. You can find out how much money you would save by visiting parkpower.ca and plugging your numbers into the Alberta Energy Savings Calculator. If you decide to switch, it's easy. Nothing changes about your service, only the price you pay. Learn more at parkpower.ca. Okay, we're, uh, we took a quick break to have some amazing pizza there. Uh, <laughs> the fine folks here at Polchinella and uh, Karen, we were just talking about the relationship uh, with Banff Springs Hotel and how that got. I was just floored that um, they made ninety-five percent of the food in-house, and eighty-five uh, percent of it they source from Alberta, BC. And so I thought, you know, most people just think it's a big hotel; they probably bring in. A, a lot of stuff and reheat it but there's very few places that have culinary um oh it's like a culinary institute right. yeah, really that so i thought um because of the great history there that we could put together a food tour and so that's when we 2018 we expanded to banff as well so in 2019 our inglewood tour in calgary became a canadian signature experience and a few months later our Banff uh, Springs Eat the Castle Tour, we call it, also became a Canadian signature experience uh, uh, that's designated by Tourism Canada. Okay. Yeah. So uh, 
So that was a great year. We were also mentioned in the New York Times last year. So <laughs> after so many years of building the business, right. uh, it, uh, it was nice to get that. But then COVID hit. So I've always wanted to disrupt my own business. Right. So now we're about ready to launch uh, a gaming app. We're, uh, we're going to call it El- the Alberta Food Finder. Okay. So you will buy a, a credit on our website. You'll download our app. And uh, we're starting right here in Kensington. Uh, so you'll come to the Kensington neighborhood. You'll activate it. And uh, 30, there'll be 30 different clues you'll have to work through on your quest. Okay. You're, you've got a, a mission. And um, it's pretty fun storyline. But, of course, you're going to discover a lot of great things in the neighborhood and meet a lot of people. That's been good because when you're operating a business, you you don't often have time to take out to to develop a a huge new uh, line of business. So COVID gave us the chance to do the research, to find a platform we could uh, develop our game on. And uh, I've applied for some grant money because that's available because of COVID. So I see that there's, it's a trying time, but it's also a tremendous uh, time of opportunity. Yeah, Yeah, great to see. Yeah, something, some positive coming out. Yeah, so hopefully by August or early September, you'll hear the announcement when we are going to launch the Alberta Food Finder game. That's excellent. Yeah. So that's going to be scalable. We'll be able to move that around the province and uh, have it in Edmonton and Canmore and Banff as well. And, and I think you'll see some road trip ideas as well. That's so, fine. Yeah. So under you know, normal not COVID circumstances, <laughs> how do the tours work? Are they walking tours, driving tours? Yeah. Typically uh, a walking tour right. of a neighborhood. So yeah. you meet up with the guide and you'll... We'll always get some good food into you right away. (laughs) Then people relax and they can uh, uh, pay attention to the story, what's going on. And there'll be anywhere from, depending on the kind of tour, three to eight tastings. Um, And at the end, you'll really not only know about the food and the people that make it in a neighborhood, but you'll also know about the art, the architecture, the culture. The daily life of the people in that neighborhood. So learning about the area as well as just, as just the food. Yeah, I think that our, all our guides are um, educated as tourism ambassadors for the province. Right. Yeah. That's excellent. And when so the the cost of the tour includes the, the tastings. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we had um, we always included the alcohol, and then last year we found out that uh, the AGLC. Um, frowned on that, oh. and uh, so we had to change that aspect. Okay. Um, so we're working on um, trying to get it back because we liked it being seamless. Sure. Yeah. And um, so we're working, trying to figure out a way to get it uh, back sure. to w- where we were. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's not prohibition. <laughs> so we're very responsible yes. hosts. When people, yes. when we controlled how much alcohol people got on a tour, it was uh, uh, pro smart. Right. And sensible, and uh, <laughs> when people are left to buy their own, it doesn't always work out yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, and it's been interesting with 420, you know, uh, coming yeah. on board. Sometimes people uh, also like to 
recreate and do other things. And yeah. do other things. Yeah. So it's, it's a learning. We're always learning. Yes. <laughs> but our, at the end of the day, we try to make sure people go home safely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 So I want to talk about something I, you know, I, I was familiar with what you were doing, but uh, poking around online and something I came across on your website is Alberta's Food Story. Oh, yes. Well, you know, we, we know living here. That there's fabulous food. Yes. But how do you tell the world? We needed a way to have a unified story. And so there was a group called the Alberta Culinary Tourism Alliance. And they existed for about five years. And one of the great uh, legacies of their work was that they got uh, a group of 14 Alberta chefs together with seven internationally acclaimed chefs. And they uh, spent six months researching, and they decided that there were really seven signature foods for the province. So, you know, everybody says beef right off the bat. And uh, I like to point out that beef is an exotic Scottish import. Um, If you think about the names, Highland and uh, Angus, and a lot of them uh, came from Scotland. Then there's some European breeds. And they've only been in Alberta for 160 or so years since the first cowboys uh, drove them up from uh, Montana. So they do really well here, and that's why they probably taste better here than anywhere else because of our lush grasslands and uh, native fescues. So they they really do do well here. Um, And then, of course, chefs know what to do with that beef. Um, bison is the true indigenous species of Alberta. It's been here. Uh, University of Alberta archaeology professor uh, recently found that uh, there's evidence of bison being here for 120,000 years. Uh, so incredible. It's the, it's the species that evolved with the land, and it improves the land wherever it roams. Now, in 1909, there were 400 bison left on Earth. Uh, It's an ugly part of our history that uh, the government of Canada, uh, as part of their assimilation or annihilation of the indigenous people, uh, tried to get rid of all the bison. So there used to be stacks of skulls on the prairie. But in 1909, the Alberta government did something sensible. They bought the last herd from a rancher in uh, Flathead Lake, uh, Montana. He had offered it to the American government, and they refused so Alberta, there were some sensible people here that said that we need to save these animals. So um, they worked with the Canadian government. They brought that herd of 400 animals here. Um, and we have um, Elk Island National Park uh, near Edmonton. It's uh, 800 uh, um, square kilometer, uh, completely fenced-in park. Um 30 minutes east of Edmonton and uh, in the Beaver Hills. And so from there, uh, there were a few in Banff, a few in Wainwright, um, but from there now, uh, 100 years, 110 years later, there are over a half a million bison in North America. Most of them, of course, ranched. You have to create a market for them for them to survive. But um, they all came from that conservation program. So that's huge. Canola oil was uh, uh, developed here in Alberta in the 1970s. Uh, 
it was naturally selected from uh, rapeseed. It would be really hard to market a product called rapeseed. Mm-hmm. So canola is Canadian oil, oil or oleolaic acid, low acid. And uh, that's a $3 billion a year uh, product for Alberta. And then honey, one of my favorites. <laughs> um, they, you know, Alberta is the fifth largest honey producing region. In the world, we produce 40 million pounds, about 40 million pounds per year. And uh, it's not only that we produce a lot, but it's the quality. Because the bees here can forage on clover and alfalfa, we get a creamy white honey that is really highly sought after. And uh, red fife wheat is the wheat that um, saved the pioneers. They would, they could not get a wheat to grow here. And then a farmer uh, in uh, Ontario had received some red uh, uh, wheat, hard wheat from a cousin in Scotland. Scotland to the rescue again. <laughs> and he uh, planted it. His name was David Fife in Ontario, and it worked there, and he sent it out here. And uh, it really did work. It worked in these drought conditions. And uh, so uh, it's a wonderful tasting uh, wheat. It had gone out of fashion because it's progeny had taken over. Uh, the marquee wheats and other wheats had become more popular, but it's now come back, and chefs love it because it's more flavorful. Okay. Uh, root vegetables doesn't sound very uh, appealing, maybe, but uh, because our nights are colder here, our root vegetables concentrate more sugar because photosynthesis will actually stop. Sugars will concentrate. So carrots taste sweeter here. Beets taste sweeter here. And... Um, uh, chefs love working with them. And then the last is another indigenous uh, food. It's uh, Saskatoon berries. So if you think about, you know, the city is actually named after the berry, not the other way around. And uh, if you think about what the, the um, First Nations of Canada, what they ate, they ate bison. They called it the staff of life and Saskatoon berries. And they would combine bison and fat and Saskatoon berry powder or flour and make pemmican cakes that they would dry to keep them over winter and saskatoon berry also made tea and so those were the foods that um really kept them going so those are the seven signature foods yeah and uh you know i think you, you know if there was ever another consortium working on it they might even add in things like mustard we grow most of the world's mustard it's shipped to dijon made into paste but Thankfully, now some chefs here are making their own mustard. Um, lentils, peas, chickpeas, beans. Uh, the prairies grow most of the world's pulses or lentils. So that's another great thing. And people are very affectionate about other prairie-hardy fruits like rhubarb. So there's lots of things we could add to that list. For sure. Yeah. That's yeah. no, exciting. So something I've kind of... A, a journey I'm starting on... And, I don't know if you're familiar with Terry Andreo from ETV. Yes, of course. Podcast. <laughs> oh, fun. Recently, great guy. Just we did a Zoom. I have to follow Terry Andreo. Oh, oh dear. He's a, he's a pretty decent job, I think. Yeah, yeah he's a great guy. Uh, and something he brought up was coming up with an Alberta barbecue flavor profile. Something. Ah. So that's kind of what drew me to this Alberta's food story. Yeah. Uh, the seven ingredients. So that's yeah. kind of where. I'm a journey I'm kind of starting on trying to come up with. This should be like a, a Saskatoon and honey rub with well, that's uh, something. Yeah, some that's wild something. sage and juniper yeah. berries yeah. in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a bison. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> okay, yeah. we just did. We just invented that. Well, that sounds great. I'll mark that down. <laughs> yeah. Your work here is done. done. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that kind of leads to my next question: What if if you were some input? What sort of flavors uh, suggestions would you have? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, if, if you take a leaf from the book of the distillers, you'll see that they. Uh, like to look for uh, botanicals f- from the region. Yeah. So uh, out in Canmore, there's Wild Distillery, yeah. and they hired a friend of mine, Julie Walker. She has a she's a professional forager. Okay. And so they went out one August day, uh, and they foraged for botanicals. So if you think about wild rose and sage and, and some juniper berries and. They, whatever they uh, found that day, they put in and made one batch of a gin, nice. which they call I don't know what they called it, yeah. but it was like a day in the life of Alberta right. in August of that year. Yeah. So I think I would take, you know, a, a page from their books. You know, there's a, in Edmonton, there's a wonderful distiller, Adam Smith, at um, Strathcona Spirits. Okay. He forages for his juniper berries in the Badlands. Um Eau Claire Distillery yeah, does a beautiful Saskatoon berry and honey gin. So I think like um, people are on the right path. It's like what grows together goes together. So what do you know? What does the bison find out on the the um, prairie and the grasslands? So does that help? Absolutely. <laughs> any any tips? Yeah. There? Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, before we wrap up, where can uh, where can folks find you online, social media? Sure. Um, I of course albertafoodtours.ca will be launching the Alberta Food Finder game very soon, and uh, also um, a spicy um, We sell our uh, book online. Um, and you can learn more about my beloved mentor. My new project, facesplacesandplates.com. And then my personal blog is savoritall.com. That's my life philosophy. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, people are really seeing at times like during COVID, it can be the worst time of your life, or you can just learn that no matter what happens, no matter what life cooks up, you can savor it all. So that's how I try to live every day. And so I post lots and lots of food and travel and stories on that blog. So, And I just love um, meeting people. So anybody that wants to reach out, I'd love to uh, learn more about other people. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for uh, having me on, oh, and I've, pleasure, let, I've, I've got your list of all the best uh, yep. barbecue yep. in Calgary yep. now. I've got yep. a new quest for me. There you go. <laughs> uh, so the last question I uh, like to ask everybody: It's dinner time. What's uh, what's your go-to meal? Oh golly, my go-to meal. Well, I think you know I am a, a maritimer at heart, and uh, fish is like a reflex for me, and so. You know, I might uh, take a beautiful wild sockeye salmon and put a little honey, uh, chili paste, and uh, sesame oil uh, rub on it, and just it's perfection. And you can put it with anything and stand up to anything. That's a great meal for me. Or bison would be my favorite. And 
Um, and most of the time I eat vegetarian, but when I do uh, uh, crave a protein, it's it's bison or lots and lots of fish. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Karen, thanks so much for doing this. Really. Oh, it's my pleasure. Great to uh, get to know you a little. Likewise, yeah. it's you know wonderful to know about your community, and uh, I'll be following you for sure. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. That's a wrap, everybody. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. They sure help increase the show's visibility. I really appreciate Karen taking time out of her day to sit down with me for some great pizza at Pulcinella and some great conversation. You can find Alberta Food Tours at www.albertafoodtours.ca, and I'll put her other links in the show notes. Visit www.albertabbqtrail.ca for my listing of Alberta barbecue joints and get out there and show them some support. They still need you. You can find me on Twitter at Eat More Barbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at Eat underscore More underscore Barbecue. If you have any questions or guest suggestions, my email is eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. Until next time, folks, keep on smoking, take care of one another, and stay safe. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and is a production of www.eatmorebarbecue.ca. 